Hey everybody, welcome back to Best Friends Club Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Renee. And this is season two, episode 19, the one where Eddie won't go. Isn't there like a song like, oh, he won't go, no, no, he won't go, or something kind of like that? Um, Like maybe those words and not really that tune, or maybe not exactly those words, but some of them. Like maybe the word no oh. is in the song. What about that song that's like, hit the road, Jack? Are you thinking that one? No, that's different. No more, no. Well, okay. Maybe. Um, or maybe I'm thinking I, of, no, no, we won't go. No, no, we won't go. What's that from? Go. You're from, from protests? Oh. Oh, it must have been the uh, the new vinyl record I got of 11 protest songs. Greatest protests, you up. protests yeah. greatest hits. <laughs> protests greatest hits to pump you up for your next rally. I've been listening that to that a lot great. lately. Yeah. Yeah. Totally understand why. Yeah. No, I feel like there is like a no, he won't go or uh, I don't okay. know. There are a lot of songs. Well, out when there. you find it, you play it for us. <laughs> okay. okay. Sounds good. I'll but see it, if they have it on very, Instagram stories. Yeah. Great idea. I'm sure it's on Spotify. Um, it's appropriate though if there is one called "No, No, He Won't Go" because right. that is totally the premise of the episode. Right? Go on, Eddie. Get out of here. Go and get. He doesn't go on, and he doesn't get. Yeah, it's true. I like this episode. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Eddie's a weirdo. There's like it's. I guess all the um. All the different plot lines kind of like have their own thing, which I guess is normal. But I feel like they don't really uh, blur over at all. But I guess this is one where like Ross doesn't really have a plot line. He just kind of contributes to everyone yeah. else's in a bit. I yeah, guess he kind true. of has a little bit of a part in the girl plot line, but it's really not about him. It's more about them. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, no, you're right. Actually, this is one where I was sorry, I was getting it confused with epi- um, next week's episode um, because I watched them both. And I was like, no, Ross has a big, but that's next week. Yeah, he is um, pretty small this week. And you're right. There isn't a lot of crossover. So should we just jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. OK, well, we'll start at the beginning. Um, and a very this, good place to start. Epi- Thank you. <laughs> when you read, you begin. No, OK, no, not sound ABC. of music. ABC. Okay. Oh, I love that movie. I do, too. I, I think I watched it with you for the first time. Really? Yeah, like in middle school. I don't know why I'm saying that with so much mock surprise. Right. Um, <laughs> I know. It's my favorite musical, so I'm not surprised I'd force you to watch it. Mm-hmm. I do love it. That's we sing so a lot good. of those songs in choir in middle school and high school. Aw, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. Speaking of musicals, um, mm-hmm. Wicked is coming to New Zealand, but Ooh. sorry, they're doing it at the local theater. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> very different. Okay, dokie. So yeah. Idina so, Menzel was not available to make the Kristen Chenoweth is not going to come Ch- this time. Probably. Maybe um, next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, no, sorry. It's none of the originals. It is definitely <laughs> like people I work with doing really? community theater. Wicked. Yeah, a girl that I work oh with gosh, and her actually? dad. Her dad? What? Is he playing no, the sorry. wizard? I didn't finish. No, I didn't finish that sentence. Oh, her, oh, they're not in it. They're just going. Dad works with Ben. No, the girl does. So, okay, let me. Say okay, so sentence. do you want me to stop guessing what you're gonna say so you can just say it? 
I think you should guess, and I'll tell you if you're getting hotter or colder. Okay, so, so far, really cold? So far, you're, like, lukewarm. Okay, I'll let you tell it was. Okay, okay. So, a girl that I work with is in it. I don't know what part. And her dad works with, slash, owns the company that Ben works for. And so... So my work is like, come on, everybody, we're all going to go together because Sarah's in it. And then Ben's company is like, come on, everybody, we're going to go together because the boss's daughter's in it. And well, we're avoiding fine. we're avoiding the days that everybody from our work goes and we're just going to go see it like a random day. So have you ever seen Wicked before? I have, yeah. I saw oh, okay. it once in Chicago. Okay, because, nice. Um, I, don't, I still don't think it was Idina Menzel or Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, probably but, not. Um, they were Probably like not. in the mid 2000s when it first was on Broadway. Yeah, this was when I was in grad school, and they had like cheap, um, cheap student tickets and stuff, mm-hmm. which was awesome. I was literally in the back row, like I could lean my head back on the back wall, but um, it was really good. I know it's yeah. you, it's is it your favorite? I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's up there. I it's very enjoyable yeah. in my opinion. I do love it, but I love musicals in general. Yeah, same. Yeah. Have we ever gone to one together? We did. Um, the college production of Into the Woods. <laughs> oh, we saw Chicago together in New York. Yes. Is that it? In New York. Yeah, that's the only one oh. I think. But I was okay. going to say, I feel bad because you'd already seen Chicago, right? I had, yeah. And so had Casey. But I think Kim and I hadn't. Mm-hmm. But And then there was some others, like Cats was playing, but I don't think any of us wanted to see that. I've also seen And then there was a couple other ones that were playing, but it was like, we wanted to, I can't remember if it was like, there was a couple other ones that I thought were good, but we, none of us wanted to see the same one. And so it was either split up. Well, and I think Chicago was affordable because it's been on Broadway forever. Oh, that's probably a good point Mm -hmm. too, is tickets are probably like three times the price for some of the other ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. I liked it, but maybe I – no, I don't think I'd seen Chicago before. And I, I did like it, but I remember I really wanted to go see something else more, but I think other people didn't want to see – like, we just all didn't want to see the same thing, so we kind of mm. compromised. I think um, Chicago, the sets are just so plain. It's minimal. It's like more traditional theater type. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, like they just a put on a hat and suddenly they're school. a reporter. Yeah. It's like a chair and a hat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I kind of like because it's very like ensemble based. I don't know. Yeah, well, it it is like it is the whole thing about like you have to kind of um, like kind of think like imagine it all yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the acting has to be better because yeah, there's not true. like a lot of razzle dazzle. Oh, a little little Liana. Oh, oh Lily on <laughs> Chicago for that. See what you did there, that little razzle-dazzle. Okay, so if you guys want us to do a musical-themed podcast, you just let us know. Oh, my gosh. How come Friends – well, I guess I know why. You know how some shows do, like, a musical episode? I feel like only Grey's Anatomy did that, and it was a mistake. Um – well, then you're forgetting about the time How I Met Your Mother did that, and it was not a mistake. They have – um, what's his name, though? Oh, Duke Neil Patrick Hazard? Harris. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's like he pretty much carried it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, I guess Glee did a musical episode slash the entire show is about being in a musical. Just kidding. What show? Glee. Glee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of the whole premise. Different. Yeah. Is Glee still on? I don't think so. 
but I yeah I, I stopped watching that positive. like a long time ago yeah I mean I'm pretty sure everyone did but I stopped watching well before it was I don't know it was it was fine but I can't remember why I got annoyed I really like Jane Lynch she's so funny too. Ashley I honestly don't remember how we started talking about musicals um I don't think it matters do you want to get back to okay. the show yeah I think this so show. okay so it starts <laughs> oh that's how we at the very beginning oh the song I thought existed that doesn't no a very good place to a start. very good place to start okay so yeah, more yeah, yeah. about okay. the sound of music oh no back to friends back to friends right so um the episode opens with Chandler sleeping and cut to Eddie his creepy roommate that moved in last episode is sitting there watching him sleep and Chandler's like what are you doing man and he's like oh I'm watching you sleep it calms me down please go on and then he's like no get out of here I want you out you're moving out whatever and then I like when he goes no 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 I want to hear it from your lips yeah and he was like what as opposed to yeah where did you hear it from before it's so creepy, right? It's like, so that's, creepy. I guess unequivocally. Do you know what it kind of reminds me of? Hmm. Me Those watching stories? you sleep. Whoops. Do you do that? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. Definitely not through the. Definitely not webcam on my camera. Mm 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 mm. Um, no, it reminds me of those stories you hear from parents that, like, they wake up and their children are like standing over Ugh. them, staring at them. That would be so creepy. So creepy. Yeah. Because kids yeah. don't have consciences. Uh-uh. So. <laughs> Definitely um, not. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So I think this is Eddie's like third episode maybe. Because oh, the first okay? day he moves in and he's like normal. And it's more Joey's jealous that he's there. Oh, yeah. That's episode then, 17 is the one where he moves in. Yeah. So this is his third. You're right. Yeah. yeah in the last like episode. quiet at first. But. Yeah. He's kind of kept to himself and. Then he kind of like lets the cat out of the bag that he had a bad breakup and he like flips a switch and starts being a total weirdo. But I feel like a different kind of total weirdo than he's being right now. Now he has like selective memory loss and establishing some yeah. sociopathic qualities. He There's definitely something. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was tempted to start diagnosing, but I was just mm-hmm. like, do you know what? I'm not going to – I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't have a manual – I don't have the DSM in front of me. You really don't want to say to do the this. word psychoanalyze, do you? I don't use those words. Only I know. you and Freud do. I know. No. I was going to say that he – because he's acting really manic, like when he yeah. buys all that stuff and he's all like crazy high. But I was mm-hmm. like – but there's also probably – there could be people listening that have episodes of mania and I don't want them to think that – like. This is right. probably just something different. So no. there's definitely something going on for yeah. sure. Yes. But um, yeah. So, oh yeah. And so so Chandler is like, get out. And he's like, fine, I'll be gone by the time you get home from work. Um, but then Chandler gets home from work <laughs> and Eddie pops up with a crate of fruit to dehydrate because he's a dehydrating maniac. Yeah. Um, he's such a weirdo. He it's he's got a lot of nicknames too. Mm-hmm. Buddy, Jack, Pino. Chico, Chico. Yeah, when he's like, if you think for one minute I'm leaving you with our fish, you're insane, Jack. And he's like, do you want a hand? And he goes, no help needed, Chico. Yeah, he's and just... he, when he grabs the fish and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. He's insane. Oh, I forgot. So I think, 
my favorite part when he's watching him sleep and he's like, what about the other night when I was nice enough to hide behind the oh. door when you went up to go to the bathroom, huh? What was that about? Yeah, and yeah, What was yeah. that about? Because, oh, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> um, right. So have you ever had a crazy roommate? I feel like now's the time to talk about it. You know, I was trying to think about that when I was watching this episode and I feel like I've had people that like maybe wasn't best friends with, but... And like, yeah. or maybe like have different living styles, like cleanliness or whatever, or had like annoying boyfriends and that kind of thing. But like, no one truly, truly scary. Yeah. That I can remember. And if I did, maybe I blocked it out. Yeah, same. I had bad, annoying boyfriends, um, bad habits, mm-hmm. really messy. Yeah. But, and then, and then, and that's none of those people are the ones that we're like still friends with. Right. <laughs> so all of our girlfriends that we were, because we, yeah, we got to live It was with always our best like friends. the random fill ins. Yes, that's exactly yeah. correct. You know um, what, though? I just thought of it. What? I did have this one roommate. It was my sophomore year. And the girl I shared a room with was kind of crazy. <sighs> Shut up, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> She's that's only room that that's the only year that Ashley and I were roommates. I was gonna say she and I were roommates somewhere, and it was the best year of her it life. It was. The Do best. you mean I did that one time? I was I was learning first aid for a class or for lifeguarding or something, and I had one of those dummy first aid babies, oh, creepy babies, and I did hide it by your bed one night. So when you turned the light on, that baby was sitting there staring at you with its lifeless eyes. Isn't it Baby Did Ivory? That Isn't that pink? what we named it? I think we named it Baby Ivory. That's yeah. right. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, anyway, we, yeah. had the, we had a blast. Um, hey, if you guys listening had horrible roommate experiences, please tell us. Yes. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah. We'll share anonymously if you yeah. like a fear fear of retribution (laughs) yeah seriously we can block out all names and uh identifying factors um here for the tea yeah so the rest of that story so um eddie goes crazy and then they he like comes down to the coffee shop later holding a mannequin head that he ripped off the junior miss department mannequin and at macy's and oh yeah um, he's like i found it in the alley so I ripped it off the junior miss department. What yeah. difference does it make? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, he's like, spins some story about them going on a road trip to Las Vegas, Chandler winning a bunch of money. And um, oh, yeah, because Chandler's like, don't you remember yesterday when I told you to move out? He's like, yeah, we went to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. He's like, of course I remember yesterday. We took a road trip to Las Vegas. I didn't win any money, but Mr. 21 over here um, <laughs> buys me these new shoes. Da, da, da. And so it's like, okay, wow, something's going on. And so they come up with this strategy to get rid of him, which I love. Mm-hmm. And um, one day Eddie walks upstairs and he tries to get in the apartment and it's locked. And he's like, how come my key won't work? And why is all my stuff on the front out on the street? And Chandler's like, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. And he was like, what are you talking about? I live here. And he was like, no, I already have a roommate. His name's Joey. And then Joey spins he's around. He's lived here for years. Boy. Yeah. And he's like, hello. And then he's like, oh. And he's like, "I if I would have had lived with you, I think I'd remember that. And he's just like, oh, oh, OK. Oh, sorry. 
I guess I guess I'm mistaken and just like moves along, which is even weirder. So you feel bad for the poor guy. He might be homeless now. But hey, anyway, it's a sitcom. So it probably um, works out. That's how they get rid of Eddie, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, Okay, so so Joey's back. Yay. Yay. Jamie and Channies. Jamie and Channies. Which and yes. Well, I was going to say it kind of naturally leads to, didn't Joey have an apartment? Why, yes, yes, he did. Thanks yes, for asking. Yes, he did. And Joey's story. Um, so Joey's got his own plot line going on, which starts with him coming in in a jaunty hat. Uh, <laughs> jaunty. Shop, which, it actually looks pretty good on him, don't you think? I don't think. Oh. I think he looks <laughs> weird. I think it's way too big for his head. He looks like he's wearing like a Mad Hatter hat. Okay. Cab edition. Does kind of look like Mario and Luigi, like a cartoon version, yeah, or like Toad. But I was thinking it didn't look terrible on him, but it's because he's got such big puffy hair. Mm -hmm. But it suits him nicely because he uses it for his cab driver audition, right? So sure, if you'll remember, Joey is recently kicked off of Days of Our Lives um, for saying that he writes his own stuff, so the writers killed him off. Bye, Joey, after a few episodes. Bye. And um, he is looking for his next big break. So Estelle is back, and she's not <laughs> upset that Joey got fired. She got him his audition, uh, an audition as cab driver number two on Another World, or as Estelle pronounces it, Another Wild. And another says, Wild. Another Wild. And she says, Joey, take any job you can get. What? do we think of this advice i want to pause here and talk about it the advice that he should take the gig not just for him but like in general if somebody is like between jobs or like had something and it's got like just the take any job you should you can get so i i kind of was thinking about this not so much when estelle says it but when ross says it yeah which we'll get Um, to because i know you've got opinions about that well, I feel like I can't discuss this without talking about Ross, too. Okay, so should we wait and talk about it later with Ross? Sure. I guess that's next. Okay, so we'll just, I'll prep it really quick. So <laughs> so Estelle's like, take any job, and Joey's like, no, I'm not doing that. It's, he. I mean, his attitude is a little bit like, that's beneath me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mm-hmm. Drake Ramore, so I'm not now going to be cab driver number two. So that's kind of his attitude. And then he's at his house, gets his visa bill, and basically all of the money is now owed on all of that horrid art that he's filled his apartment with. Ugh, that's ugly and expensive. Yeah, so ugly. Um, Spent twenty five hundred dollars at I Love Lucite. All the names are so funny. They're so funny. And when he's like, oh, I was confused. Like, I had an accent. I will say I understand this because there was one time when I was in grad school and I popped into this makeup store and, like, they just – oh, do you know what happened? I got my eyebrows waxed and the lady waxed them so thin. And this is in in grad school. So this was, like, 2010. So it's way past the whole like post pluck and wax your eyebrows into oblivion. And it was mm-hmm. like the start of the like thick eyebrow trend. And so she waxed my eyebrows so thin and they got really, they were like 
probably from my own years of overplucking, they're like really patchy mm-hmm. and they looked terrible. And so I was like, I, I have to like, and I had something going on that night or something. So I was like, I have to go buy some brow powder. Like I cannot do this. Yes. I should have popped into like target and just bought some stuff there, but I was walking by and there's like a, a makeup store right next to the place where I got my brows done. And so I went in and they were just like bombarded me and confused me. And I ended up spending like 150 bucks or something on like brow powder and like a really nice brush, which I do still use to this day. I remember um, that. I was freaking out because I was like, oh my gosh, I need to return this. It basically like drew my account down to like single digits. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. And I was, yeah, I was so stressed out about it. And there was no way I could return it. And I was just like, oh, they like bombarded me at the register. I didn't know what to do. And (laughs) so I get it, Joey. I mean, that was 150 bucks, not thousands, not $1,250. That isn't it chromantic. (laughs) I'm glad you remember all the names. I wrote them down. Isn't it chromantic? Oh, that's good. Um, Yeah. So I get where he's coming from with just like being frazzled. But we also know that Joey's just not good with money. And, you know, his is a pattern for poor Joey. He needs a financial advisor. Anyway, Ross is there when this happens. And um, Joey's like, what do I do? And Ross is like, well, for starters, you take that job as the cab driver. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think right off the bat, we can say not great timing, Ross. Like, this isn't what Joey needs to hear right now. Right. Uh, I don't know. Normally, Ross annoys me. And I definitely think his delivery, like, he wasn't being very, like, encouraging yeah. and help. I don't know if it's necessarily helpful the way he's, like, bossing him around. However, I do think take the job. Like, in acting especially, it's not like, oh, you've had a semi-prominent role. Like, you're not guaranteed another role ever. Yeah, that's a really Again, good point. Plenty of people are the lead in a movie and then literally go on to just be like CSI extras forever. Yeah. There's but no such thing as a big thing. break unless you keep having big breaks. Yeah. and But I do wonder, like, so I, so I guess maybe this is what Joy was thinking, too, is like, okay, say you've got a prominent role – And then some people do go on to then become the CSI extra. But I guess the question is, if they would have held out, could they have got a better role? I think that's the problem, is that they hold out and they don't get the roles for a long time. And then then the ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. So rather than just like staying, meeting new casting directors, meeting new actors, like getting out there, it's, yeah, maybe it's not the best role, but you might meet someone. He might have gone into the interview and then been like, actually, you'd be great for this. Um, Because wasn't he applying for like cab director, cab director, oh my gosh, cab driver number two on Days of Our Lives. Yep. So initially he was supposed to be a cab driver. Yeah. So maybe that did that, but... You never know. So I think yeah. it's better to, to continue to put yourself out there, especially with something like acting where there's like, it's not like, oh, now you have this degree or like you've had this like C-level job. You're obviously qualified for this. Like people are in hit movies all the time and then literally never do anything again because I either think that they like think they're worth too much money so they won't work for less or they won't take the smaller roles in the meantime. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, look, I agree with you in the sense that like – any any interview or audition or whatever is an opportunity to get your name out there, meet more people, mm-hmm. network. Like, um, 
and and this goes out like without you know not enacting it in other jobs as well honestly like even if you're not totally looking it is the top um the top like executive recruiters and stuff do recommend just take interviews at companies that you're interested in or Mm -hmm. roles that you're interested in just to stay relevant it's a it's an opportunity to practice it's an opportunity to meet people and um you never know you might be surprised and you might actually like what you see you know so Um, so I definitely agree that he should, he shouldn't have, you know, it's, it's tricky because his attitude was like, this is beneath me. I can understand being like, oh, this is so frustrating. I had a big Mm -hmm. role and now I'm going back to a small role, Mm -hmm. but I don't think you need, like, you don't, you shouldn't start thinking of yourself as like too good for stuff. Well, and really the sucky part for Joey, the even suckier part is that he kind of has nobody to blame but himself for losing Dr. Drake Ramore because he's the one that said he wrote his own line. So it's not just like, oh, it happens. They wrote the character out. That's Now I'm back at one. It's like he got cocky, said he wrote his own lines. They were like, "Uh, no, you don't. And so then he's, you know, back at the bottom. Um, So he was just, he got into, he was just like getting too big of a head. mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But okay, but um, I'll say that like definitely Ross's delivery here is poor. So it is. I think if your friend, like, because he's just laying it on really thick when he's like, get some sense. Like, well, but Joey's also like, what do I do? They're taking my porcelain fountains away. And Ross is like, well, you yeah. take the job. Like, that's what you yeah. do. Well, so this is what I was thinking is, um, I guess at the point where they're where like they're there to oh no no so this was sorry these are two separate things oh you're right they're this is when he gets the away. credit card yeah. bill so when he gets the credit card bill it's just them and what I would do at that point you know with the benefit of hindsight and not being having my lines written for me um, <laughs> I like if if I was with a friend in this situation I'd be like all right let's call these stores and return this stuff mm-hmm. if it's to the point where the visa bills already showed up then maybe it's outside of the returns window mm-hmm. but that would have been step one is let's see what you can return yeah. and I think that that would have been helpful for Ross to do that I mean Joey was clearly like not he probably wouldn't have been happy with that either because he was basically just thinking, I've made it. I don't want to see all my like dreams slip away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but that would have been, I think, step one. And then, I don't know. The other thing, though, is that Ross is so disciplined with his money mm-hmm. and so frugal mm-hmm. that I was thinking about it. And I was like, it's like my dad. Like, if if this scenario was had my dad in it, he would probably be just as harsh. I'd yeah. be like, you're going to take that job. You know what I mean? Because it's like he's really good with money. And so to him, it's just very black and white and disciplined. And I think that's probably where I lay too. Like I've always had to be really good with my money. So I'm like, well, you just you pick a job that pays you money. And that's what you're going to do for now. Whether you want to or not. And and, and that's not my advice in all circumstances, though. Because like when I got my first job offer, um, I was still in grad school. I was interning as part of my – like program, you know, you have to do some internship hours. And so I did an internship at this place and they offered me a role um, in the company. It was a real estate company and it was like a business development role. Oh yeah, I forgot about that place. Yeah, and I I did an internship in HR because it was kind of related to my thing. And But then like their business development team offered me a role and I was like, really, like again, this was post GFC um, financial crisis like very fresh and 
you know, I was coming out with a bachelor's degree and about to have a master's degree worth of debt. And I was kind of like, I should probably just take this job. Right. But my dad actually was the one that was like, do you know what? You don't have to take the first job that's offered to you. And it was really, really good advice because it wasn't, it wasn't in my field. It wasn't, um, something I would have wanted to do. It actually wasn't even that much money, but, um, I did hold out. And then thankfully a couple months later ended up getting a really, really good offer, um, that was well within my career, like my chosen career and stuff. But yeah. that might not have been the case. Like, I guess you just never know. Right. And let's say if it had been six months and like your internship ended and you hadn't gotten any other jobs, would you have just gotten a random job like at a clothing store or something? Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You just do what Definitely. you got to do. If you're in a position that you have to do what you have to do, that's what you do. Yeah. And Joey, right. I think, is in the position with thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah, he has to right, do something. He, should have just he doesn't really have. It. He's he's out of the you have a choice category. Yeah, that's um, right. You just need to start earning, and get yourself out of this hole you've dug. Um, but also, Joey kind of reminds me in this of like, like kids who don't grow up with much who then get signed to like sports contracts and yes. immediately buy like five million dollar houses and like expensive cars yes. and this kind of thing like no one's there to tell them like you're probably going to get injured in two years and you're only making a hundred thousand dollars which it's not chump change but it's not going to last forever and it's certainly not going to support a million dollar home mortgage and a yeah. hundred thousand dollar car mortgage or loan um yeah. when you stop making that kind of money well that's exactly um, it i feel like every i just wish that every big contract every like came with a financial advisor <laughs> like it should I be, think it should it should be a requirement it's just not cool because so many people just do not know how to manage money Mm-mm. especially if you didn't grow up with it like and some people didn't grow up with it and are super disciplined and that's amazing but yeah. that's not the majority of people Mm-mm. I feel like most people do not know how to manage money myself included I've made a lot of mistakes and so it's like yeah, I just wish it, it does break my heart to see that because then, you know, they wind up bankrupt or whatever. And it's just like, well, I was making, you know, five million a year. I didn't realize that that was only the first two years or that, you know, right. as soon as you buy like all this stuff just starts, you know, it takes money to make money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like it's super sad. Yeah. So he basically just thought like, that's it. Now I'm living the dream. And he just mm-hmm. dove headlong into it, which is super right. sad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so you're right. So it's one of those things where it's just like, also, he would have been part of like the SAG union yeah. or whatever. So he would yeah. have been making a decent amount and it was a speaking part. Mm-hmm. So it, um, it wouldn't have been nothing. It probably could have been a good good way to bridge the gap. Yeah. Man, acting sounds hard. It, yeah, I I just read a fact the other day that, um, well, today actually, that Renee Zellweger, she was in Jerry Maguire, which I've never seen. Have you ever seen that? No. That she hadn't been cast in a role in so long that the day that she got the call that she had been cast in Jerry Maguire, which obviously was a huge feature film, um, the day she got that call, she went to go take money out of the ATM and she was overwithdrawn on her account. Aww. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Um, so she was already a famous, a big famous actress before that? I'm not actually sure. I feel like she, I don't know if that or Bridget Jones' Diary came before that. I'm not Oh, totally I think sure. Jerry Maguire was first. Was it? Okay. That was so long ago. But I don't um, know. But anyway, but I know that that's like a big, you know, a lot of actors right, are that's just a good point, trying though, to make it. Is that like, and I guess, 
I guess that's another thing is like like you said. Also, I feel like actors aren't made overnight, and so a lot of people think no. like, oh, that person's on the scene, but it's like they've probably been doing soaps and extras mm-hmm. and commercials and all that stuff, you know, for super long. Yeah, modeling gigs, whatever. Yep. Like for a long time, and then you finally, you know, can maybe get some consistency, maybe or maybe not. But mm-hmm. man, acting sounds tough, and especially wouldn't it be even harder to be an actor in New York? Mm, not in a LA. Amount of stuff in New York. Oh, okay. Decent amount of stuff films in New York. Mm. Okay. So anyway, so um, yeah. So Ross is a bit mean to Joey, but it is the tr- it's what Joey needs to hear. It's what he does. It's a bit of tough love to hear it. It is. It's a bit of tough love. Um, and so Joey's going around like, you know, whining to everybody. He goes and whines to Gunther, and Gunther's like, "Oh yeah, I've been there. I was buried in an avalanche. I played Bryce and all my children." Right. Which and I feel did you like, find out if that was true or not? Well, I feel like I had heard like, oh yeah, that's funny because it's an Easter egg because it actually is true. But I couldn't confirm that it I looked and it doesn't seem like that is true. Yeah, I did the same thing. I couldn't find anything no. of him actually I don't being think, I don't think that it was because I read a few different little things about um James Michael Tyler, the Taylor, Tyler, the um, guy that plays Gunther. I did find a different fun fact about Gunther. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. So he was um, on the day before his audition for Gunther, um, his friend who was studying to be a hairdresser uh, was testing out hair dye on him and accidentally bleached his hair, that crazy color it is. And so he showed up at the audition with his hair accidentally bleached, and they loved it so much they wanted him to keep it. And that's, that's why he has so that funny. crazy hair. Isn't that funny? Because I, I feel bad, though, because I feel like you think that that's just that actor. Like, that's just what he looks like. Yeah, totally. I <laughs> wouldn't have like, even oh, thought. Okay. I would have thought that was his look. But that also makes sense that they reference it a lot, too. Yeah, it is. You know, like over the years, it's kind of like a running joke that his hair. Why? I like your natural hair. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's cute. But I feel like, um, so then Joey does end up going to the um, audition for cab driver number two. And, um, And I'll take a quick pause. I feel like being a casting director is one of those jobs that sounds like it would be really fun. But I think in reality, it's probably a nightmare or really annoying because it's probably just a bunch of people that are like really up their own butts about themselves, Mm -hmm. think they're the best thing and basically do what Joey does. Like, oh, well, when I was on this and he's like, oh, my God, and are just sitting there trying to talk themselves up but aren't actually very good. Is that what you think? Pretty much. Are you kind of a casting director? I, I do. I do casting a lot. Yeah. Um, I have people audition for me less than like a legit casting director would. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a lot of people are pretty insufferable and extremely full of themselves. There was this lady that we casted and she was like really pretty older lady, like just had like really beautiful skin. And she looked like what you would assume is like a grandma, but not she didn't look old is the best way I can describe Mm -hmm. it. Like she was just very pretty. Okay. But she was sitting there and people were just kind of chit-chatting. It was like a big group scene. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, she like kind of guffaw laughs to herself. And she's like, I'm just really tan right now. I've just recently come back from a vacation. It was just fabulous. Da-da-da. And I was like, nobody asked about your tan. You just Wait, wanted to talk about scene? yourself more. Nope. This is when everybody's like 
in hair and makeup, getting wardrobes sorted out, that kind of thing. Oh, And people no, were getting sweetie. to know each other and talking, and nobody was talking to her, so she just kind of brought up something about herself just that she thought would be a good conversation start. Yeah. Oh, but dear. But that's the best one I can think of. Um, there's also a lot of butt kissing. Ugh. Um, because people think that I have more of a pull than I actually do. So they think that you're like that assistant to the director in Outbreak 2? Basically. And you're... you're yeah, like, they think they're no like... <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm doing pretty small stuff, but they all think that I have connections to like, you know, Steven Spielberg and... All of the Actually? greats, really. No. But, like, people, oh. there's a lot of sucking up, and I, it's very, it's a big turnoff. When people are just themselves, I want to work with them again. When they're, like, fake and blech. I wonder if there's, like, other people, though, that are not you that are, like, you're not going to get this role unless you, like, suck up to me. That's you know true, I mean? because there could be people who are, like, failed actors, so instead they're, like, casting directors, and they want the power over exactly others I don't know it's not exactly. me though some people like that and so I feel like I feel like as much as that is annoying it's probably yeah. a learned behavior because it's probably. like well if you don't suck up to that guy you're not mm-hmm. gonna get anywhere yep Ugh. anyway okay so yeah. if you guys want a um really important role in the next Spielberg film you need to suck up to Renee yeah. if you want to be an outbreak three um cat takes Manhattan Oh, uh, yeah. Which I've already cast. I've already cast my cat Steve as the lead because he sucks up to me. Um, <laughs> and Mr. Fluffy is the Mr. Fluffy. Yeah, Mr. Well, actually, Mr. Fluffy, I was thinking could be the villain. Ooh, he'd be so good at that. But he never actually does anything bad because he stops to lounge in sunbeams and clean his paws. <laughs> it's a really he long is, movie. He's, he's been pre prepping for this role his whole life yeah i know i thought he'd be perfect uh speaking of cats my cat just jumped up and knocked into my microphone so up funny to you? One. Oh. he's ready for his close-up so if you hear any <laughs> he's uh like, he's here for the fans he's here for the um, fans okay so let's just wrap that one up so basically yeah. joey does the audition he does poorly because he starts talking himself up again he actually didn't do that bad and he just well, reads the lines wrong <laughs> That's okay, about well, so bucks. Yeah. But I mean, you can just go, oh, it's 50. And then you can go, oh, okay, 50. And when he goes, you should have taken the budge. And he's like, oh, it's bridge. But like, those are the two lines. You can just go, no, it's it's actually bridge. And then he can just memorize. It's not that, I feel like it's not that big of a deal. But I suppose if you're saying like 50 people to say two lines, you want somebody that you don't have to correct their tell two how to do their job. Yeah. Because, um, because it's such a minor role. So anyway, so he doesn't get it. Ross comes back over to apologize to Joey, which is so sweet. And he's like, good for you, man. You hold out. You follow your dreams. It's your thing, not my thing. I was, you know, putting my my relationship with money on you, which I thought that was very sweet of Ross. And then Joey's yes. like, Ugh, I went to the audition. And he's like, all right, how'd it go? And he's like, I didn't get it. And he's like, good for you. <laughs> he's just and being he's like, really positive. He's just trying to be supportive, which is super yeah. sweet. And um, and so that's when the guys are coming in and basically impounding. Is that what you call repossessing all of his? Yeah, porcelain? one of those two things. So that's my porcelain guess. He doesn't fountains. Actually, porcelain fountains. Um, <laughs> that he doesn't actually have all this crippling debt on him because they confiscate everything that he can't pay for. Well, he might have had to go into bankruptcy, which is what's. Oh, I didn't that think about could that. be why there. 
Yeah, I mean, they don't really give a lot of background as to what's happened. Because that's but what I, I was feel thinking. Like, like bankruptcy doesn't normally happen one month after you don't pay your visa bill. No, that's true. So potentially they said they can't pay it and the stores were like, well, we'll take it all back. So maybe they right. could have just called the stores and say we'd like to return all of this stuff. But don't know. Anyway, um, so, so they're taking it all back. Jo- uh, Ross is trying to show Joey that he's supportive. So he buys him the dog for 200 bucks, even though <laughs> Joey really wants the fish for 1200 bucks. Right. So is it a ugly. parrot? Oh, is it a parrot? A glass parrot. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that. I thought it's very sweet. Okay. The last story. Which, you ready for it? Do you oh. remember that dog was actually a gift given to Jennifer Aniston the night before the show started? Was it? You didn't know that? No. Tell us the story. Yes. Okay, well, let me find it because I don't have all the details here. All right, so um, I know I read this a long time ago, but it says the infamous white dog statue actually belonged to Jennifer Aniston. Apparently, a friend gave it to her as a good luck present when she first started acting. Aniston can't have been that keen on the gift. Who can blame her? Because she quickly offered to lend it to the series for the episode uh, in which Joey becomes rich after earning a recurring role in Days of Our Lives. After the episode, the producers loved the prop so much that they decided to keep it for future storylines. Cute. How so funny. It. Could you imagine? So so maybe she didn't like it or maybe she did because she wanted to keep it in the show and mm-hmm. have it featured a bunch. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, now it's in like every episode. That's awesome. I had no yeah. idea. Oh, thanks for Knowledge. that fact, Renee. Anytime. So the last, speaking of Rachel, mm-hmm. the last um, storyline in this episode is the girls, be your own windkeeper. Be your own windkeeper, <laughs> yes. Rachel. And so the whole thing is um, they say, so um, Monica and Phoebe are reading this book called Be Your Own Windkeeper. And Rachel's like, ooh, tell me, what is this book? And they're like, it's basically about how women um, can be goddesses. The wind makes us goddesses, but men take it. They just take it. Lightning bearers. Um, I was like, amen to that. Um, and so then when Joey comes over and he's like, does anybody want a crawler? And she's like, okay, this. This is a perfect example. It's like, who wants one of my phallic-shaped man cakes? <laughs> and I don't know if you ever thought of this, but that reminded me. Do you remember that English teacher we had sophomore yes. year of high school? And everything was a phallic symbol? Literally, you guys, ev- she thought everything was a phallic symbol. Every book we read, she'd be like, phallic symbol. <laughs> Because we've read she The Sound really of the Fury, old. which is chock full of phallic symbols, according to Apparently. her anyway. Allegedly. And Wuthering Heights. Which. Just phallic on phallic on phallic on phallic. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, she just used to always phallic symbol. So that's fun and weird from this old lady in our English <laughs> class. Um, okay. So I looked this up. Be Your Own Windkeeper. I looked it up to see if it was a real book or not. Mm-hmm. Um and I did get some hits, but I have to say I don't think it's a real book because mm-hmm. most in like most reputable book purchasing search engines, it did not show up. It gotcha. was just like similar titles, which were like female empowerment books. But I did get one hit, but the cover was in like broken English and it looked Aww. like stock photos. So I'm going <laughs> to post that on our Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Because um, if so anyone called, wants to buy it, sounds legit. Yeah, I 
think it's a scam. So like, I'm definitely not going to post the website, but because uh, I think they'll probably then take all of your bank account numbers. But yeah, I was going to um, say, is it one of those ones where you have to send them a million dollars so you get two million? So you get back? two million dollars. Totally legit. You send them sweet five easy payments of fifty dollars, and then you can be your own windkeeper. So awesome. Um, yeah, I'll post it. And so then, um. So, so then she's like, Ross comes in and he's like, all right, sweetie, we got to go. It's movie time. And she's like, no. How do you expect me to grow if you won't let me blow? And they have a funny little moment there. A phallic moment. <laughs> um, and then, oh, wait, so the part where the girls are doing their survey is mm-hmm. annoying and sad, but funny. So they're sitting yeah. there. Okay, question number 28. Have you ever da 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 And then they just get really annoying and tattly on each other. But it mm-hmm. is quite funny when she was like, whatever his name was, sophomore year, you know the bottle was pointing at me. And Rachel's like, yeah, because you took up half the circle. Mm, for spin the bottle. Ouch. Yeah, spin the bottle. Oh, Aww. that was so funny. So they're all kind of being leaf blowers, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> Um, and then at the, which is quite funny. So if you haven't watched that scene, go watch it. Cause they basically are just recounting funny old stories about when they sold each other out kind of. For I guys. love when the secrets come out. Exactly. It's a good one. Um, so then at the end, Rachel's a sweetie and she brings out some cakes and she's like, I know they're from me. I want to apologize. This isn't good. Um, you know, we need, to, we've got enough problems with men taking our wind. We don't need to be tearing each other down. Anya, Rachel, it's so true. Yeah, it is. Not being destructive, and so that's kind of that's kind of it. And so um, she's she just apologizes, and then they have a a girl moment. And I cannot remember how. Oh, then the episode ends with Eddie. Yeah, it kind of comes full circle. So the so that's that storyline, and then the episode ends with what we said at the beginning, um, with Joey's moved back into the apartment yeah. with Chandler. So that's how he's now saving money, I guess. He's living for free with Chandler again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just loafing. And everything's I love, gone back to normal. I love the part. Well, I love two parts during the windkeeper thing is when the they all get really mad at each other. And Monica goes into her room, slams the door. Rachel goes to her room, slams the door. Yes. And I was like, ah. Oh! And she like slams the box because she just wants something like, to slam. Yeah. The little box. And slams. I also that's love so the part at the end when Rachel's like, you know, I got you these cakes. I just want to say sorry. Like, we have enough problems with men. Like, let's build each other up. Da, da, da. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take these cakes back. They're going to take that out of my paycheck. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. She takes the cakes back. But, um, but it was the gesture, Rachel. It was. The gesture, it was. It so. was. Yeah. So I think that's it. Is there anything else about this episode that's worth? I think that's about it. I would say you're a great wind-keeping goddess. And you don't, well, thank I don't you. think you leaf blow. I try not to. You don't. You're good. Thanks. All right. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, you guys. Yeah, thank you. This has been a very jaunty cachet episode. It certainly has. <laughs> Join us uh, next week when we talk about season two, episode 20, the one where old Yeller dies. It's more fun than it sounds. It is. Very true. Cool. Well, okay. We'll see you guys next thanks, time. Thanks, everybody. We'll chat with you soon. Bye. Bye.